0: create a plan that fits your needs and your budget state farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner talk to a state farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs like a good neighbor state farm is there talk to your local agent today
1: hello my name is Inigo Montoya you killed my father
2: Prepare to die. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. (laughs) I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and are you wallowing in the December spending shame swamp? Oh, you are not alone. You know, it's just because I love all my friends and family that I bought myself a nice recliner for them to watch me relax in. It makes me a better man. You know, for them. Hey, if you're feeling some January misery from your credit card statement, fear not. To help you overcome your debt woes, we welcome today from Budget Mama, Jesse Fearon. In our headlines, student loan kingpins Navient are forced to forgive $1.7 billion in student loan debt. Is there more to come? We'll ask that question, and we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Brian with an interesting HSA question, and then I'll tackle some transaction trivia. And now, two guys who have spent years dragging themselves out of the financial shame swamp to teach you how to do the same – it's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G.
0: Hey there, stackers. Welcome to Wednesday. You're halfway there. I'm Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter, welcoming you to the top of the hill, which is this week. It's all downhill from here, peeps. And to celebrate the fact that we are into phase two of this week, we welcome Mr. O-G across the card table from me. But shake and bacon. How are you, brother? Uh, you know, you have been sick lately, which is why we have the double wide card table today.
3: That is correct, sir. And I'm wearing my hoodie just to be safe.
0: Yes. Eb, thank you. You know, today we are continuing our debt rehab month. We had earlier on Aaron Sky Kelly, who was awesome about teaching you how to get out of debt. But, you know, OG, getting out of debt is just step one, getting a budget together is step two. And, uh, we've got the woman who knows how to do that. Jesse Fearon. spending plan. Yes. Jesse's a woman who felt a lot of guilt because she should have known like a lot of us should have known how to do money well and felt a bunch of shame and figured it out and got her act together. And, uh, today she's going to make sure that you don't have to have any shame and you can get yours together, too, if you're sitting where she was and I think where I definitely was at one point and maybe a bunch of other stackers out there. But first, man, we got some we got a great headline. Some people are hallelujahing today because they don't have to pay their student loans. That and much more. But first, this episode sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, the budget mama, Jesse Fearon upstairs. So let's get to our headlines.
1: Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins Headlines.
0: Our first headline student loan company Navian to forgive $1.7 billion with a B in debt in a settlement. Student loan company Navian has agreed to forgive $1.7 billion in private student loans and will pay $95 million in restitution after a lawsuit accused the company of steering struggling borrowers into more debt, officials announced Thursday. So the first thing here, OG, is we got to know the difference between public student loans and private student loans. These were private student loans. So how are people going to recognize those on their statement? How will they know if maybe they got a shot here?
3: I think you can just check to see whether or not uh, you're paying interest. If it's a subsidized loan, that means you're not paying interest while you're using the benefit. Unsubsidized means interest goes from day one, so those would be the two types of federal loans. And if you've done any refinancing, or if you had to borrow money from a bank to go to college, that's obviously a private loan.
0: That is a private loan. Yeah, I think I think that's a big clue. If you've got the word subsidized or unsubsidized in the loan, it's a government sponsored loan. So this this clearly is is not that. That also means, oh, gee, that this is a probably a higher interest rate loan. If you're taking out private loans, those generally are at a higher interest rate. So this is. This is even more hallelujah for people, but it also, I think, is a lesson for people that are on their way to college. If you have to take out student loan debt at all, try to get the government student loan programs versus going right to the bank. And I say that because long, long, long time ago, whole different world for student loan debt, but my parents almost made that mistake.
3: Uh, yeah, you want to start with the federal side first, You know, take advantage of all those programs. Before anybody starts crying for Navient, because I'm sure there's a lot of... Navian supporters out there that are like, this is baloney.
0: Right, this this company that's been wonderful toward us. This is malarkey. Uh, I did some
3: quick back-of-the-envelope calculation. $1.6 trillion of student loans presently. And uh, Navian, of course, they don't own all of the market, but they have some of it. And um, the interest for the year, generally speaking, on the student loans, if if you've got a pretty reasonable interest rate, is roughly eighty billion.
0: The interest is eighty billion. So
3: Navient gave back a one point eight bill of that, or one point seven, whatever you said. Uh, so, so what is that like? Two weeks worth of interest?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go away. Sounds like a big number to you and me. But are you trying to say that uh, debt companies aren't your friend?
3: Well, now they can. Uh, is that what you're trying they can, to say? They, they can friend you on Facebook and and TikTok DM you. They passed that law now. They can do that. They can do a little dance and be like, you owe us money. You owe us some money, money. Send us some money. We're sending what? you to court.
2: You know, My parole officer does the same thing. Everybody's getting into this.
3: <laughs> Have you seen the uh, Allstate commercial? The new uh, premiered during the Sugar Bowl with the you know, mayhem. And he's like, I'm the latest TikTok craze. And he's like doing the dance on the side of the road. Oh, no. I love that guy. When the guy smashes into the garbage truck. Of course he does. He's like, he goes, this is going to get hundreds and hundreds of likes. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe he said tens and tens of likes. He might've said tens and tens. Tens and tens sounds better. Tens of tens of likes.
0: New York Attorney General Letitia James claimed in a lawsuit filed simultaneously with the Navient settlement that since 2009, the company deceived thousands of financially struggling customers with federal debt so that they would opt for expensive long-term forbearance plans instead of informing them of more affordable options. It just reminds me, OG, of uh, like Friday happy hours when Doug tries to convince us that uh, us picking up the beers again at the Sizzler is a good idea.
2: It just I'm looking out for your well-being. It makes you feel better giving back to the community.
3: I mean, if you're in the business of lending money and you've got a pretty good track record of eventually collecting it you would want to you know have that person pay interest for a much longer time, right? <laughs> like you'd be like you probably can't afford this. Why don't we just pay it later?
0: If I'm sitting in a board meeting at Navi and my question isn't how do I get people to use our 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 service less. It's how do I make sure that we maximize profit? Yeah. And so thinking that any debt strategy that's created by a debt service company that they send you in the mail that I get incessantly even though oh, yeah. I, I get it for debt i don't have and it's so frustrating to see that, hey well i
3: use your name a lot by the way
0: <laughs> that's that's exactly it
3: Have you checked your credit report lately?
2: it made it so much easier for me when i memorized his social security number i know it just speeds things up Four seven three nine nine two two one one. and now our whole audience is googling that i don't think they're forgetting <laughs> I feel bad for the person who
0: has that one. Who oh. has that number. <laughs> so We just sold them down the river. Yeah.
3: OG just gave away my social. It's like I just picked random numbers,
2: people. Oh, you've got an attorney and retainer. You're fine.
3: But yeah, the the problem isn't the shareholders being rewarded at Navient. The problem is the deceptive tactics in which they use to get people to, to opt into these programs. So yeah, screw them. They should get their hands slapped and lose a few bucks. Well, the
0: genius thing that Navient did was they didn't have to declare any wrongdoing in this either. So they gave up two months of interest. And of course, they didn't have to say that they did anything wrong. Yes.
3: Without, without, it's accepted, what's the, what do they call it? The accepted waiver and consent or something like that, where it's like, I admit nothing, but here's 2 billion. This
2: is like when Ohio State puts sanctions on themselves for NCAA violations. This, Which happens very frequently.
0: This, I, <laughs> this actually sounds like one of those, uh, real men of genius commercials. <laughs> like here's, here's to you, Mr. Student loan debt extender. Yeah. Mr. Dad extender. Remember those commercials?
2: Real men of genius. Nobody else does, but
0: yes. Well, th- well for those of you that don't know, this is one of my favorites of all time. This is fantastic.
3: Budweiser presents Real Men of Genius. Real
0: Men of Genius.
3: Today we salute you, Mr. Footlong Hot Dog Inventor.
0: Mr. Footlong Hot Dog Inventor.
3: When conventional wisdom said no one could make a hot dog longer than six inches, you dared to dream. Dare to dream. You knew the limitations of a regular-sized hot dog bun, and you ignored them. You made a 10-inch wiener, and people cheered. But you weren't satisfied. You said, wait, I think I can still give you two more inches. So this bud's for you, Mr. Hot Dog Hero, because you gave every single one of us our fondest wish. A
0: bigger wiener. The choir at the end is the part that
2: gets me. Oh my God. I wish we were that funny.
0: (laughs) The the ad people that come up with that stuff is just so good. So good. Naviate needs a better PR team. I think OG, I think that's it.
3: They need better morals. They need need, need better executives, a better leadership team, uh, not crappy salespeople.
0: Speaking of, of, of having some morals, you know, When you're getting out of debt, let's say that you do get this amazing settlement and now you don't have this debt anymore. First thing you do with that money, OG, now all of a sudden you have maybe $1,000 a month that was going to student loans, no longer going to student loans.
3: Oh, the first thing that you should do. So you got a thousand bucks of cash flow, you're saying cash reserve and uh, buy yourself something nice. No, I'm kidding. Probably shouldn't do that. I think that you have to uh, kind of just do the normal order of stuff that you were doing before. If you don't have your emergency fund, you have to build that. If you have your emergency fund, but you still have debt, then what a great opportunity to continue to put this extra money, this found money, to pay that debt down a little bit faster. And if it's purely savings, well, then you've got all the all the places that you can, oh, uh, you can put there, you know, with your workplace plans and whatnot. So, don't let it just seep into your bank account
0: because it will.
3: It will 100% get spent.
0: And you will immediately spend it. And then six months from now, you'll feel like it's just part of your budget and you won't know where it went. Yep. Don't do that. You know, we have back in December, we did an order of operations episode for people that are new to the show. What are the things that you should do first, second, third with your money? We'll link to that in the show notes. And of course, our phenomenal newsletter, the 201, com slash 201, so that uh, you can go back and listen to that one if you're wondering what do I do first. Speaking of do first, a guy's family members thought that he should be giving some money to his family. Listen to this. Guy who won five point six million dollars in a lottery refused to give any to his family. Did you see this? Uh no. The piece says fighting over money can bring out the very worst in some people, whether they're distant acquaintances or your closest relations. And things can get incredibly heated when there's a golden jackpot full of millions up for grabs. A recent lottery winner, How much did he win. Hit it big, got a whopping five point six million dollars in October. Not bad shared what happened to it. He turned to, uh, the AITA subreddit. If you know what that is, we've talked about that subreddit before for their verdict on whether or not he was a jerk because he decided not to give his family any of the money. Instead, listen to what he did. He decided to do the smart thing. He and his wife are both 24 years old. Every month they buy a lottery ticket for fun. They won big. They won after the, of course, lump sum fee and taxes of $5.6 million. They paid down all their debt, student loans, house, car loans. They had about $5 million left. So they had $600,000 in debt. In case you don't know, 70% of the lottery winners go broke after a few years. So me being in the financial sector, I didn't want to be in that 70% and never have to work again. So what we did was invest $3 million in a combination of mutual funds, REITs, and preferred stock funds for a very steady, hands-off, extremely low-risk, solid return approach. With the $2 million left, we ended up buying a $5 million apartment complex that cash flows and will give a high return with low risk. When I told my family, I thought the first reaction would be exciting for me and how we were financially responsible with the money, but that started talk about a huge family trip, how I was paying for all their debt and more. I explained $5 million is a lot, but not enough where I'd be giving it away to family, and they got mad. They said I wasn't welcome in this family anymore. Wow, and I shouldn't talk to them again.
3: And then I said, "Screw you guys! I don't need you anyway." And I got on my private jet and I went home. <laughs> and then, that was that was it. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the reasons why you wouldn't tell anybody that yeah. you won the lottery.
0: Yeah, they asked for this uh,
3: particular reason.
0: They asked uh, a dude who's a big time pot stirrer in our area of the internet, Sam Dogan, Sam from, uh, of course, Financial Samurai. And when I saw Sam's name in here, I'm like, oh boy, Sam's going to say, because I know Sam very well. And I thought he was just going to stir the pot. But Sam actually said, the first thing you do is keep it a secret. Yeah. Y- you, you don't tell anybody. But if word gets out that you got it, I mean, don't you give them. Maybe give them 15 grand each just to where does it stop? It it would never be. Oh, you
2: only gave me 15 grand. You got 5 million. So it's a, if you give a mouse a cookie
0: situation.
3: Yep. Nope. Sorry. Sorry, Charlie. Especially if it's 5 million. I mean, if it's 400 million,
0: it's a whole different story.
3: Then, yeah, then you can go, okay, here's here's a car for everybody and all your debt paid off. And well, for people,
0: are, for people that are wondering why we're, I think, all on the side of not giving money to family, $5 million sounds like a ton of money. But if you use the 4% rule, which is no longer the 4% rule, I don't know what rule it it's is a anymore.
3: It's 3.9% 30 yeah. rule.
0: Yeah, now. but let's call it the 4% rule. That's $40,000 a year. And don't get me wrong, that's good money.
3: I'm going to challenge your math just to skosh on that one. <laughs> just Beep boop up. Let me back the truck up. Beep.
0: beep, Four percent on a million dollars,
3: but he won five
0: million. I know. I'm about to do the math. You're cutting to the chase. Wow. So
3: on a oh, because four times five is so much more challenging than four times one times five. Walk us through it, Joe.
2: Go slowly. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's right. That's
3: right. (laughs) Wait a second.
0: He wants to conservatively live a very nice lifestyle. I mean, but that lifestyle of two hundred thousand dollars a year is not the lifestyle that I think people think when they think five million dollars. I think a lot of people think five million dollars. Think wow, now two hundred thousand also is not garbage, but being able to guarantee that you got two hundred thousand forever without any worry.
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the things he could say here is like, listen, I know that you think this is a lot of money, but I'm 23, and my goal is to double this every couple of years. You know, every six or seven years, kind of using the. F- Rule of 72. And so he should double by the time he's 30, 37, 44, and 51, let's say.
0: Imagine. So if he doubles
3: it four times, he's like, All right, I can take care of it, but you got to give me some time. You know, I can hook you up, but I can, I'm going to hook you up on the back end. Hook up everybody. I got to go from five to 10 to 20 to 40 to 80. See, that's a good discussion. You know, that's a great discussion.
0: I ain't going to make it until
3: then unless you get my car paid off. Yeah it's no different than if you have accumulated a whole bunch of money. If you're not in the same ballpark as your family, regardless of what the number is, if you've got 5 million and the rest of your family has 500,000 or if you have 500,000 and the rest of your family has 5,000, you're you're going to be rich, the rich one. And how come the rich guy doesn't pay? It's like it's half a million dollars, you know, it's not zero, but you know It's not a lot either. It's a million dollars. It's like, how come the rich guy doesn't pay? It's like a million dollars is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money in the grand scheme. You know what I mean? So you have to be careful about all of this, regardless of whether or not it's just a sudden wealth thing or if it's just something you
0: accumulate. Which is frustrating because we talk about why money's taboo. And now we're talking about the backside of that, right? We're talking about, hey, we should talk about money more often. And now we're getting to the ugly side of being a little bit more public. I don't know, tough to know what to do. Love to hear your comments. Let's chat about it in our Facebook group, The Basement. Stackingbenjamins.com slash basement will get you right to our Facebook group. Love to hear if if you won $5.6 million, what would you do? Coming up next, Jesse Fearon, one of my favorite people. And I know I say that a lot, one of my favorite people, but Jesse is an amazing person who knew quite a bit about money, but her money was not following her values. And I think that speaks for a lot of us. So how was she able to bring things into alignment for her and her family? Well, she has a brand new book out called Getting Good With Money. We're going to have some lessons from Jesse on today's show, but I think as a good lead-in, I think, Doug, uh, you might have not just some trivia, but some thoughts on getting honest about money.
2: Interesting, Joe, whenever you lead into my trivia segment, you never say, well, here's one of my favorite people, Doug, with his trivia. I never get that. All the guests are your favorite people. OG and I, a, we don't hear that phrase so much. It's implied. It's implied. Implied. Yeah, implied well, love. Once in a while, I need a hug. Okay?
0: Oh, are we doing a hug right now? Yes. I need a little little warmth. How about that? See, that's once in a while. That's all I need. Yes. Need a back
2: rub? Yes. Yes little bit a little lower a little lower yeah, there it is okay all right here we go hey there stackers i'm joe's mom's neighbor doug and yeah because we're friends here i gotta confess i went overboard on the holidays this year i got i got joe's mom a disco ball for the bathroom i got joe a fog machine for the dramatic entrances he always insists on and as i told you earlier the recliners really it's for everyone though of course i you know, I always get here first and when i get up from it i follow international maritime law and i say dips. Uh, And then just to be safe, I sneeze on it. But I mean, really, the chair is for everyone. And even worse, I put all this holiday generosity on my credit card. Jeez, it was the first time my statement had to be delivered in a binder. With all these purchases, it got me wondering what credit card company is used in the most transactions each year. So what 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 card does Santa use? It's probably that one. But we're going to find out as soon as I make sure no one's playing with my, I mean, uh, uh, Joe's
0: fog machine.
2: Oh, gee, get your hands off it. You're going to break it again.
0: Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now... you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out. Like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's monarchmone com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey, Staggers, it's Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means? We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience my good friend, Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now. And all the work that uh, he did there, just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want them to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh here's a disclaimer. You got to join open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit Navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for the US-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy Federal org for full terms conditions and other offers navy and federal is insured by ncua equal housing lender
2: hey there stackers i'm holiday philanthropist and reclined mastermind joe's mom's neighbor doug this foot massager i got for gertrude is really hitting the right spot If you know what I mean. That particular purchase is thanks to my Victoria's Secret card. But as for today's trivia question, who's in charge for the most transactions on Earth? While Chase has the biggest market share, my question was really around transactions. And that prize would go to American Express with 5.66 billion transactions in 2019. And now, to help you stay on budget when you're spoiling your loved ones, let's say hello to Jesse Fearon. And here she
0: comes down the stairs to the basement.
1: (laughs) Well, hi. (laughs)
0: Jesse Fearon is here. It's about time we got you back here. How have you been? How are your holidays?
1: Good, good. It has been a long time. I'm doing well. How about you, Joe?
0: I'm also doing well, but I heard you survived the nutcracker, mom.
1: Almost. It's this weekend. We're in rehearsals and I, yeah, I mean, if I survive, well, well, that's a big if.
0: (laughs) I was telling you before we hit record that that's where all my hair went. So good luck to you.
1: Yes, I know. I know. It's like a... Might need some help. (laughs) Some crazy,
0: if you're one of those crazy parents listening to this, I just have one, two words back off. Yes. Like, or or maybe one word, relax. That might be. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, like take a chill pill because it's quite intense.
0: (laughs) It's quite intense. Well, your life was quite intense and you open up your, your awesome book with this enough is enough moment. And it's funny because we ask people all the time about their moment and most people we talk to, and it's not everybody. And you also say this in the book, it's not everybody, but most people have this moment, this turning point where they're like, you know, I can't do this anymore. It just has to change. And yours was March 3rd,
1: 2013.
0: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Paint me, paint me that picture, Jesse. Tell me what was going on that day.
1: We were pregnant with our second child. We we literally began two thousand and twelve pregnant and ended it pregnant. We did not plan that, but that's sometimes how life works. So I was trying to go through our money and trying to figure out, you know, how we were going to be able to survive buying diapers for two kids under the age of two and formula and unbelievably expensive, by the way. Yes. Yes. It's it's like
0: I thought it was buying in those days and it's been a long time and now inflation now. Well, even inflation since you did it. Yes. uh, I thought I was buying gold.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I mean, you know, and then some babies just require more diapers than, (laughs) than others, you know. And so I was trying to figure out what it was going to look like from a financial standpoint. And at that point, we had pretty much nothing in savings anymore. There had been a huge emergency that had happened just a couple of months before that fateful March day that had wiped out our savings. So we had pretty much nothing in savings. We were living on a $47,000 a year income. And I was trying to figure out how we were going to just make all of it work. And I very quickly realized it was not going to work. Our debt was eating up so much of my husband's income. And so we were faced with some options of either I'm going back into the corporate world or we're going to have to make some drastic changes and sacrifices in order to keep me home with the kids. Because if I did go back to work, the majority of my paycheck was going to go towards paying for childcare for two kids under the age of two.
0: Yeah. You know, obviously both you and your husband, Pat, both felt the struggle, but you felt this personal struggle, like knowing that you could on one hand, go back to work, but knowing that that might be futile, but also you're the person with the accounting degree in the family. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah. It was really hard for me to sit there and see these numbers. And I kept trying to make them work. Like, you know, (laughs) every account knows what I mean. Like you're sitting there you just plug in the numbers. You're like, they got to work. They got to work. You got to make it work. Got to make it work. And it just was not working. I mean, you know, math doesn't lie. It wasn't going to work. We did not have the um, resources available to be able to continue the way that we were living and on that one income especially once our second child would be born. And I honestly felt like a failure. I was like how how did this happen? How how is it that I can manage, you know, a business's money but I can't manage my own personal finances you know and what is my husband going to think because i have failed us because i can't seem to get the money to work
0: you talk about how the recipe for getting good with money is 20% math and 80% behavior Absolutely. you you'd obviously had the the big problem before you talked about you had the emergency and that required a lot of money But obviously that's not it. That's not all of it. The behavior also. What behaviors needed to change for you and Pat and for your family?
1: One, we both needed to come together as like a couple and decide like, what is the most important thing here? Because- with managing money, we weren't actually managing money. We were just sort of living life and like spending money here, spending money there. Oh, we need this. We buy that. And then it's like, well, do we save money? Um, Well, sure. We're supposed to save money. So here's, you know, a hundred dollars to savings, but is that going to be enough? Like how much should we have in savings? It was like all these things. We just didn't know. We had, we had no concept of what, you know, a healthy financial life was supposed to really look like. And that was sort of the problem is that when we, when the medical emergency happened, where it wiped out our savings, like we had savings, thankfully, but we had no strategy for that savings account. So we didn't even know if that savings account had originally even been enough money to survive with. And obviously it turned out that it was enough to cover one emergency, but it would never have covered more than that. And that was really our problem is that we had to to get together as a couple to figure out, okay. How do we do this together? And what is our plan? What do we need to stop doing? What do we need to give up? And, you know, obviously the easy answer to that is you have to give up overspending. You have to give up the mindless buying of this and the buying of that, you know, which is really, really hard, but it's also really hard to decide that you're going to pay off your debts. Like you're going to live without credit cards, which is something we had to do because we were relying on our credit cards way too much. And that was costing us so much money in the form of obviously interest in carrying those balances and then. You know, and then we had my Tahoe loan and we had my student loans. And so it's like, how do we tackle these things? Because all of these things were eating up a significant portion of my husband's income every single month. And that's not even including the mortgage we had. But the exciting piece
0: about this that I love is that the two of you, you know, have been uh, married, you have a family. And really for the first time, I feel like, as I'm reading, I don't know if it's the first time, but it felt like the first (laughs) time based on what you said. And you talk about how to do this later in the book but I felt like you two are having these talks about what you value. Like it's not about what you're spending and what you're going to get. You're going to give up crap. You don't value now and you're going to stick to the stuff you do value. I feel like that would have been kind of an exciting time to kind of grab control. Did it feel exciting or did it (laughs) suck?
1: Um both um it was you know it, it kind of sucked because it was really hard because we were like me and my husband both have dominant personalities and we're both control freaks so that sometimes doesn't work very well and so it's really hard because you know we're both from divorce households as well so it's sometimes as hard because all we heard growing up was fighting in the terms of like a, oh. a, you know, a husband and wife relationship. So we heard a bunch of fighting. And so it's sometimes hard for us, you know, not to go to that space of the combativeness and no, I'm going to get my way. No, you can't control me. That type of thing we had. So we had to work through a lot of those issues as well. So that part really sucked because it was kind of like, okay, well, he wanted this. I wanted that. But we, th- through the conversations, we were able to actually find out, okay, what do we value as a family? Yeah. What is the most important to us that, you know. At the end of our lives, when we're on our deathbed, what is it that we're going to be looking back on and being like, yes, this we did right. Whatever that is, what is that going to look like? And from there, we started trying to take those little steps to actually make that happen. And for us, it was definitely, you know, our family and keeping our, you know, our family unit together. And for, you know, for us, we didn't want um, at the time that I had this revelation back in 2013, my husband was working a job where his shift changed. All the time. You know, sometimes he's working the graveyard shift. Sometimes it was normal, but for the most part, it was all over the place. So the burden of getting kids to and from, you know, childcare would have fallen squarely on my shoulders as well as, you know, cooking dinner, getting kids into bed, all of that. And we both did not want me to have to bear that alone. We didn't want me to have to be running around frantic. I live in Metro Atlanta and traffic is just horrible all the time for whatever reason. And so we knew that I was going to be fighting traffic to get to the childcare center, fighting traffic to get to work, and then fighting traffic again from work to the childcare center, then from there back home, and then having to do all of this over and over again. We both were like, that's not a life that you know I wanted. That wasn't a life he wanted. And that wasn't a life we wanted for our kids. And so from there, it was, okay, how do we change this? Because we are clearly living in a way of you know doing things that we don't actually value. So right. how do we get back to this of what we really truly value and that we want for our family? Did you disagree a lot? Initially, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we still disagree. And there are st- we still have disagreements all the time. We just don't have the blowout, dragout right. fights that we used to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, y- y- I think
0: you get to the point when you have these discussions more often that the blowout fight doesn't make sense anymore.
1: Exactly. It's not productive. There's, you know, and there there have been times even now where if we start recognizing that we're getting a little too heated, like we're just like, okay, you know what? We're going to shelve this and we'll come back to it later. I think the worst advice we ever got when we were first married was you should never go to bed angry. I think that was actually terrible advice because like I took that as like, no, we have to resolve this now. Now. Exactly. No matter how heated things got, it was like, no, we have to stick it through and we got to, we got to resolve it now. But sometimes it is better to just say, okay, this is getting a little too much. I'm going to go to bed. We'll talk about this, you know, tomorrow after work, we'll talk about this then. And that's what we'll do. We'll just be like, okay, this is gonna be a conversation for tomorrow. And that's been very helpful to us.
0: (laughs) Jesse's like, we'll talk about this tomorrow. I'm going to bed. You can sleep outside in a tent. I'm
1: like, yes, 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 yes. I'm like the kids tree house that you built and you can go sleep in that.
0: (laughs) And then we'll see who's right. Mr. Pat. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I know how marriage works. I've been on the other end of that, Uh, but some things, you know, convenience you said was also a surprise when you were digging into your money, like even Amazon prime, like you had no idea how much money You were spending on Amazon prime. So you got rid of some of the convenience just so you could grab hold. I thought that was really cool.
1: Absolutely. Because that's what I think happens for a lot of us is like sort of autopilot kicks in and you know, we're just buying things, you know, just because they become a habit. And for me, it was more convenient to buy things on Amazon Prime and have them shipped to my house than me having to load up my fussy kids into the car seats that they hated and (laughs) look like the terrible mom in the parking lot, like holding her kid down as she's trying to buckle (laughs) them in, you know. (laughs) And like it's just you know, it was a lot more convenient. Just
0: as an aside from my experience of of my twins jesse that you can always tell people in the parking lot who don't have kids (laughs) and people in the parking lot who do because people in the parking lot who do are like oh i feel so bad for her
1: yes and and like let me take your cart back to the the little carousel over here right and people who
0: don't are like she's a horrible mother
1: yes like she is just oh
0: my goodness she's the dragon lady
1: Oh yeah. There was a couple of incidences that I had with people who
0: were like, oh my God. So backing back up to values for just one more second, because there's probably a lot of people listening to this, as you know, who are like, I'm kind of struggling with what's important to me and what's not. And and you actually have an idea in the book for how to get past that point. So if I'm struggling with what's really important for me, what do I do?
1: One of the best exercises I think that there is, is to picture yourself five years in the future. Pick today's date and put put it five years in the future and then write down how old you're going to be on this day, five years in the future. If you're married, how old your spouse is going to be. If you have children, how old your children will be. And then from there, ask yourself when I'm this age, when my husband is this age, when my kids are this age, you know, or if you aren't married and don't have kids, pick other people in your life that are, you know, your siblings, your friends, whoever are important to you. And involved in your life and put them down and ask, well, Hey, what do, like, what do I want my life to look like five years from now? Do I still want to be doing the same things I'm doing today? Do I still, you know, want to have the same things that I'm doing today? Where do I want to go five years in the future? Like, what do I hope that it's going to look like? And then pull it back and ask yourself, what are the things, what are the actions that I can take today to start getting me towards that five year in the future self?
0: I love that as a beginning point, because when I was a financial planner, and it's been a long time now since then, but when I try to get people to imagine like retirement and some of these things way down the road, people would really struggle with that. But five years is much easier, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, because it, 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 we could picture it better. We yes. like we all know now that like five years is really just a drop in the bucket. It yeah. just goes by so fast. You know, whereas if we're trying to pick out, you know, something 20 or 30 years in the future, it's kind of hard. It's like, oh, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time.
0: Yeah. I was even thinking, even if you're 18 listening to this, like you're like, okay, but you know, uh, college or apprenticeship or whatever yes. you're doing, like five years from now, even at 18, I had those definite five-year things. You talk about there's four different money struggles, four different uh, personalities, archetypes of people, and you really got to know who you are. And I I was hoping we could go through these and uh, explain who they are. And then, you know, I'll ask you for maybe a quick piece of advice for each one of them. So you start off with a person called the floater. Who's the floater? (laughs)
1: That is someone living paycheck to paycheck, actually, or really more accurately, they're living paycheck in four days until paycheck, um, which I have been multiple, multiple times in my life. You know, and I would say that my practical advice for someone who is caught in that paycheck to paycheck cycle, it is just really getting clear on what you value you know, where you want your money to go, you know, what's what's a priority expense to you and what is not. And to write down your budget, just use the money you have currently sitting in your checking account and, you know, get your calendar out, look when your next payday is, take the amount that you currently have sitting in your checking account and then subtract out every expense you have coming up until the next payday. And then once it's payday, you just add in your paycheck amount and do the same thing all over again. Whatever expenses you have coming up for the next time frame between your next pay period, subtract those out and then just keep that budget, that piece of paper, on your notes app and your phone, whatever you do, spreadsheet, whatever, keep it right in front of you and make it a habit, set an alarm in your phone or a reminder in your phone, whatever you need to do to check in with your money every single day. Because when you're a floater, like money is just sort of like all over the place. And the only way to make it not be all over the place is to actually look at your money every single day until you finally get into that habit of paying attention to where your money is going.
0: Do you think that this person more than anybody is the person that needs more of an envelope style budget they need to know where every single dollar is headed ahead of time of the four archetypes.
1: Absolutely. They do. Um, Because uh, like I said, money's just sort of floating around you. You don't really know what your money is doing. And the only way to really get clear is to come up with a process that works for you, you know, switching to cash instead of, you know, a debit or a credit card, Um, which is really hard. It's really hard to switch to cash, but that was so helpful, especially in our early days of trying to regain control over our money and figure out where it was going. Having that cash is just sort of a natural boundary because, you know, if you go into the checkout and your total is, you know, $103, but you only have a hundred dollar bill with you, well, you've got to put something back because you don't have $3 to pay the rest. But if you have your debit or credit card, you're just going to swipe it and move on.
0: And that, comes from something in the future and you don't even really know what it is yet. Exactly. And actually that's a good point too, because if you only have a hundred dollars, you make a value-based decision right then you look at the things on that conveyor belt and you go, "Uh, excuse me, can we take that one back off?
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it does. And it forces you to have that conversation with yourself. Like, do, do I really need this? Do I really want that? Can I live without that for a while? Right. And those are really important things, you know, especially for, for people who like me who have struggled with boundaries, um, which most floaters do it's very helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah. For me, the wine stays, the light bulbs. So we're in a light lit room. Those go.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: kidding. Uh, second, second is the, who's the daredevil.
1: That is someone who lives without an adequate savings plan and savings account. And I, and I say those kind of separately because as I mentioned before, me and my husband, we actually had a savings account with a pretty good chunk of change, or at least we thought it was a pretty good chunk of change. And we thought it was fine because we were one of the only people back then that we knew of that had a savings account outside of our parents. Okay. Like our parents had savings accounts, but like anybody our age didn't really have a savings account. And if they did, it was like a hundred dollars, you know, so we had money in savings and we felt like, okay, we've got this going on. But the reality was, is that we didn't have a plan in place for that account. And so we didn't know if we had enough money in that account. And so it took one emergency to completely wipe it out. And then we were left like struggling, like, oh my God, we don't know what to do now. Whereas, you know, back in 2019, the October of 2019, we had quite the October. We had three major emergencies happen that month back to back and our emergency fund took quite the hit. But the difference was, is that we knew how to strategize and how to build that back up. There was no longer this like, oh, what are we going to do? We don't have a safety net anymore. It was like, okay, we know how to rebuild this. We know how to repair it. We've got this and we just hit the ground running from there. And so the daredevil doesn't, you know, either doesn't have that safety net or their safety net is at all
0: quit. I love the distinction between those two things. A daredevil is like that old Bon Jovi song, like just living on a living on a prayer. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: (laughs) Third is, I think the third is, I I feel like you're looking at me. Like the whole time I was reading the third one, I'm like, is Jesse talking just to me? Uh, the spender
1: Yes. Yes. The spender, which I think everybody can be a spender, even as savers. I think that everybody can be a spender, you know, especially during the holiday season. Like we just get into that habit of spending money, spending money, spending money, spending money. And that's why I think it's so important that, you know, whether or not you truly are a spender, like my husband, he loves to spend money. Like it gives him a sense of satisfaction, I guess, um, is maybe the better word, word to use for spending money like he likes to be able to have that ability to spend money whereas me i like having big bank accounts that makes me feel better <laughs> you know and there's no right or wrong answer there. It's just some people like to spend money more than others but you know when you catch yourself and you're in that habit of spending money the key is to find your trigger what is triggering you to like want to spend money for me sometimes like emotionally like i can be an emotional spender i'm like oh you know like I'm dealing with all these big emotions. I don't know how to do it. So retail therapy, just buy, you know, some new shoes or yeah. I'll buy this and I'll feel better. Um, you know, and for my husband, it's like the great deal. He loves to chase a deal. And so when he can get a good deal on something, he will buy it. Not necessarily because he needs it, but because I got a good deal on it's it, fantastic. you know, fantastic. exactly, exactly. And so like the key there is to, when you're going and you're making a purchase, like listen to the justification, you're giving yourself, there are going to be times where it's a, legitimate need and you actually need that, whatever it is, but pay attention to the justifications that you give, because that will tell you what your trigger is, like what's causing you to spend money. Um, especially, during the holiday season when things kind of go on autopilot, it's really important to pay attention to that because, you know, especially with social media and, and everything, our ads are so curated to everything that we do every single day that it can be hard because it's almost like those ads are truly speaking to us. And so- oh, we but have they to be are. Aware of that. They are. It's a little creepy. It is It is.
0: It is so amazing. Uh, Gertrude from our team and I took a uh, MIT course in social media back in June. Oh, wow. And one of the things our professor did was had us scroll through our Facebook feed and just look at the ads. Oh, and, and he asked everybody, and, and this is scary, Jesse. Yes. Everybody in our class, he said, how do you like the ads that Facebook serves you? And I, I scrolled through and I went, I love all this stuff. Yeah. Like I absolutely ever, I didn't like it. I loved it. It was totally quirky stuff that I probably didn't need, but it just <laughs> fed me, fed my creativity and who I was and hit me from all these different cool places. Like these companies, we have given them so many permissions that we don't know about on our phones and following us around that, man, when you say they're speaking to you, they are speaking to you.
1: Yes, they are. Absolutely. It is well curated ads to us. I mean, because like back when, you know, when I I was growing up, like we didn't have control over the ads that we saw, Yeah, you know, they just were whatever was on TV or played on the radio. And but now it's like the ads are just like coming at us and they're just so meticulous about trying to get you to to click on that button and buy. And even Instagram now is like um, offering it, like offered me like 20 percent off any of the shops that I follow. So exactly. They're encouraging you to spend and spend and spend. And I'm not demonizing them. I mean, they. No, they're running a business, too, you know, but we just have to be aware of those things, because if we're not aware, then we're going to get caught in those ads and whatever our spinning trigger is, whether it's, oh, looking for the deal or, oh, I'm emotionally not feeling so great right now because I'm looking at my phone at three o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. We just need to be aware of that so we can protect ourselves.
0: Absolutely. I mean, these stores, to your point, have a plan which shows how much you should too, right? Yeah, I absolutely. mean, if we walk into a store without a plan, we know a target is set up to get us to go out with more stuff. <laughs> like, you know that ahead of time. These people yes. have meetings and committees and uh, consultants who set up this store to maximize yes. the amount of money coming out of my wallet.
1: True story. One of my clients, before I became a stay-at-home mom, I was I worked for an engineering company down in Atlanta, and one of my clients was actually Target. And so, yes, trust me, they do curate their stores around keeping you in that store as long as possible.
0: I think right after we first met, we talked about that one time. We did. We did. As I say, that story (laughs) totally rings a bell. Uh, uh, The last one on our list here is The Avoider.
1: Yes, The Avoider. I was really bad at being an avoider for a really long time. That is someone who doesn't plan for their future, um, mostly in the form of retirement, but it's someone who kind of just thinks like, oh, that 20, 30, 40 years is so far away. I don't need to worry about it and doesn't actually plan for their future and take the, um, necessary steps to make sure that, you know, their 70 year old self is able to retire and do what they want to do in retirement. And I always tell people like really picture your 70 year old self and ask yourself, what do you want to be doing at 70? Mm. Do you want to be working? Cause I mean, some people do. My husband is one of them. He's somebody who like, unless if something horrible happens to him, he is going to have to work every single day. Cause he just wants to like, yeah, that gives him purpose. Yeah, yeah. That gives him purpose, you know, but that's not everybody. Some people want to sit on a beach all day long. Some people want to be baking cookies with their grandkids whatever it is, like you have to understand that when you're saving for retirement, you're saving for that future person. You're not saving for who you are today. You're sacrificing now. So then that way later you can do that thing you really want to do when you're 70 years old.
0: I love that. If I don't pay attention to it today, imagine how bad it's going to stink tomorrow. Like if I want to avoid it today, I'm just hurting that person, which is exactly a great way to think about it. And you also say we can be multiples of these. We're not just one. Well, you even talked about that. You've been different ones of these different times.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes all at one time, we can be all four of them.
0: <laughs> your first action when you were getting out of debt was just to go sell some stuff.
1: Yes. That was my first action. Yep.
0: <laughs> Immediately, and this was kind of before the internet was big, but you went and took out a camera, and actually you didn't have internet at your house. You went to your mom's house to sell it. Yes. And yes. <laughs> and, and sold a bunch of stuff, but I think that do you like that? I mean, is is that a great strategy for all of us? Just just do something, get some action started, get moving.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think that just even small actions, whatever it is, whether whether or not selling stuff, just any type of action that you can take very quickly will get that ball rolling. And sometimes that's all you need is that momentum to get you going. And for me, it was ransacking my house and pulling everything out that I didn't need or want and taking pictures of it with my Fuji camera (laughs) so I could upload pictures and sell it on um, eBay and Craigslist. Because at the time, Facebook Marketplace wasn't around (laughs) and to do it that way. And we still to this day, we do that all the time, me and my husband. If there's just something that we're like, you know, we're cleaning out the workshop and there's something that we're like, "This, this isn't holding value for our family anymore but it still has value. Like it's still usable. We'll clean it up, take pictures of it and sell it for what we can. And, you know, apply that to whatever current goal we have going on.
0: I love that at the end of the year, Cheryl and I started doing that, which is going through closets and going, how much of the stuff didn't come out of the closet in the last 12 months? Yeah. And if it didn't come out of the closet, why am I holding onto it? Like really just ask him why?
1: and two like i know for some people like and some people are really frugal minded so they have a hard time like letting go of stuff and so i think that if that's you if you're really struggling to like let go of something cuz you're like no like i you know paid x y and z for this i need to keep this or i might need this like for us we set a threshold a dollar amount Anything that is less than $300, if we have not used it in a year, it goes. I love that. Anything anything more than $300 where we're like, "Eh, we may need this, then we'll be like, okay, well, we'll just hold on to it a little bit longer because we may end up needing it. But anything less than $300 that hasn't been used in a year, it's gone.
0: That's fantastic. I'll tell you what worked for me too was thinking about this thing sat in my closet for the last year and it somebody could have been using this. Yeah. And, and if I really need it again in the future, I can go buy it again. Like that's on the table that I could. I probably won't though, you know?
1: Absolutely. And especially right now, I feel like it's like the best time to clean out your house and your closets because people need things that they can't get right now because of all the delays yes. and, you know, in yeah. inflation and everything else that's going on. Like right now is the prime time to sell some of our stuff because people need it and they actually want it. So they'll Pay you for it and come get it.
0: (laughs) I love your quick start budget. I'm I'm not going to get into it, but for people that are afraid of the big whole budget, Jesse has a way to get started that I absolutely love. And once again, a way to spring into action and get things moving. You you also share these sometimes, by the way, on your Instagram account. (laughs) You should follow Jesse on Instagram. It's a lot of fun following her. Even when, by the way, there are plenty of times when you're exasperated mom on Instagram, and I've seen those moments, but you always have a way, and I find this incredibly annoying. You find, (laughs) you find a way of being exasperated mom, like glasses half full at the same damn time. And it drives me crazy. I'm like, how is she so happy? And so clearly at the end of her rope at the same time, I have no idea. (laughs) The book is called getting good with money, pay off your debt and find a life of freedom without losing your mind. And I'm assuming it's available everywhere, right?
1: Yes, as of yesterday, it is.
0: (laughs) How great is that, by the way?
1: I'm so excited. It's a little nerve wracking and scary at the same time, but I'm really excited. I, I truly hope that it will help many people, especially, you know, that exasperated mom that I was on that spring day where I realized that we were broke. I I really hope that it ends up in the hands of another mom who's felt that or someone who's had their debit card or their credit card declined at the grocery store. And it's had to rely on the very nice gentleman behind them to buy groceries.
0: And, and, and we'll have a link to it, by the way, on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Also in our 201 newsletter dot stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. I feel like you're somebody I don't get to talk to enough. Thank you so much for hanging out for a bit in the basement and talking about getting good with money. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me.
0: Hey, this is Joe Crane, host of Veteran on the Move podcast. And when I'm not helping veterans transition to entrepreneurship, I'm stacking Benjamins. Some great lessons there from Jesse OG. And I think lesson one for all of us is you start from where you are. You can't feel the guilt. You have to start from where you are and realize that instead of being somebody who sees themselves as a failure, who can't do it, see yourself as a problem solver who now can pivot. I was speaking to the woman behind Inspired Budget the other day, Alison Baggerly, for her, her podcast. And she had a great point about budget. She's like, if you get halfway through the month and you've messed up your budget, create a micro budget that's just the second half of the month. And instead of being the person two weeks in who wrecked their budget, you are now somebody that, yeah, made a mistake, but now- Yeah, start over. Yeah, can get it together again and can have this big boomerang. So good. Thanks to Jesse for coming down to the basement. But seriously, I got to feel like, OG, when you're meeting with people, especially in that first meeting that you have with them or any financial planner has, there's got to be, people got to come in with a bunch of baggage, a bunch of, well, I know I'm not where I should be.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the and the reality is, of course, is you just have to make a new plan. What you've done hasn't gotten the results that you're looking for. So now you have to do something a little different. I mean, it's no different than exercise or, or you know, your diet or fitness or whatever. You know, if you go, I'm going to try the diet craze where all I eat is sugar every day, that may not get you where you want to go. And so you have to try something different. Same thing with like kind of doing that partially throughout the month. If you sneak a donut in the morning, do you just go, well, this day's shot. I should probably eat, you know? No, you just you just say, okay, I'll have no, a...
2: That's that's exactly what happens.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, I think a lot of people do. They're like, oh, okay. Well, this day's gone because I had one donut. Yep. So I might as well just make the whole day a cheat day. Yeah, cheat meals. That's what we're supposed I to do. I might as well have a dozen.
0: Meals. If I'm going to have one, I might as well have a dozen. Well, there is some truth in that, yeah. but...
3: Don't 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 extend it to your lunch.
0: Hey, let's throw with Haven Lifeline and tackle some of Life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Ins- <laughs> our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first.
3: Doug's here, he can do it.
2: I can do what? How many years have we been doing this? What happens when we go to Haven? The two things you value most. The two things I value most. I don't know. Uh, um a lice-free head of hair.
0: And, um, uh, good pedicure. It's your loved ones in your time, but it, man, if you've had the pedicure, it makes it oh, that, easier to be. Yeah. I got to argue with you there. Barefoot and fancy free with, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a pedicure? It's why they may buy quality term life. insurance it's actually simple. Head to stack dot com slash Haven life. Now for a free quote, their application is simple. It's online. You're going to get this stuff done. Affordable prices and all issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual. So it's not a company that was just begun. It's more than 160 years old, and you know they're going to be there. We've only just begun. Oh boy. 160 years old. You think they're singing that over at uh, Mass Mutual? Well, that's how old the song is. So yeah, probably. <laughs> so probably. <laughs> Remember this song from when our company was just born? <laughs> yeah. Uh, today we're going to throw out the Haven Lifeline to Brian. Hey, Brian. Hi, Joe and OG. Brian from Buffalo Calling. I know that nothing in life is certain except death, taxes, and learning nothing from this podcast, but I did have a question regarding taxes and my HSA account. I have about a $15,000 HSA account from a previous employer. Within this HSA account, I can invest and even purchase individual shares with no commission and minimal fees. I understand that HSAs are triple tax advantage on contributions, growth, and distributions, I'm just unsure if there's any tax when it comes to the capital gains and whether there's any implications on long-term versus short-term sales, as well as taxes on dividends. Are there any other tax concerns I should be aware of regarding this type of account, such as wash sale rules? Thanks again for all your help. And as far as size goes, I'm an extra large – ego, that is – and a small T-shirt. Thanks. <laughs> wow. wow. Oh, that was good. You're my boy, that Blue. Was, that was fantastic.
3: <laughs> Me too.
0: Right. It was fantastic, Brian. Uh, and Gertrude will send you a code. Thanks for the question. HSA's wonderful things, uh, triple tax free. OG. But uh, are there any tax concerns? First of all, let's go through his, his initial questions. When you sell a stock and it's outside of a tax shelter, you have short term sale rules and long term sale rules. Are there any of those inside an HSA if he's selling? Nope. Wash sales, if he sells a stock and then he buys that stock later, outside of an IRA, he has to wait 30 days or he's not going to get any good tax treatment there. Any wash sale rule inside of an HSA.
3: Well, because you're not getting to benefit from the loss, then there's no wash sale issue, except for the fact that technically you're not allowed to own the position or purchase a new position in any accounts. So people do it and there's not like a real easy way to track it. So let's say that you have 100 shares of Apple in your brokerage account and it's down 10%. So you want to sell it, but you actually want to own Apple. You're like, I just, you know, I'd prefer to own it. You can buy it. Well, let me rephrase. You're not supposed to buy it in your IRA, but people do because there's not the same reporting. You know, when if you sell it, you're supposed to be out of it for 30 days.
0: Gotcha. So you don't have that issue and then are there any others? Are there any tax rules that he has to really worry about? Nope. I think there's I think there might be one which is if before 65 Brian, if you take money out of it it needs to be for qualified expenses, healthcare expenses or there will be a tax penalty, correct OG?
3: Yeah, I mean so the play is to accumulate all of your health expenses, and then start doling that out to yourself, right? As reimbursements, once you get toward retirement and beyond retirement, once you get past 65, then kind of all bets are off. So if you need the money before that, as long as it's for a health expense, then there's no, there's no taxes or penalties to, if you just take it out to spend it on a big screen TV, which is not a terrible idea considering the Super is coming up, <laughs> then, um,
0: a big screen TV that you'll share with the OG family. Yeah.
3: I mean, if you were to send it to me, that would be fantastic. Exactly. Then that's an issue.
0: Can you see that in the, uh, in the AITA subreddit for, uh, uh, I didn't send my favorite podcast or a TV. Am I a jerk? Yeah.
3: I don't need a TV. I'm good. I was kidding.
0: <clears throat> right over here there's another guy here who's not kidding
2: 75 inches wouldn't wouldn't be frowned upon
0: we made it 73 inches and then we said we're not stopping there we're gonna add two more thanks
2: to you mr (laughs) tv guy
0: (laughs) you knew how big that wall was i made a tv that fit every inch of it Nope. Big thanks to Brian for the question. If you've got a question for us, stackybenjamins.com slash voicemail. HSAs, fantastic vehicles. If, uh, if you have one available, I think I would, I would dig in and begin looking at how can I most effectively use an HSA. And in our newsletter, the 201, we have a great discussion about HSAs if you want to begin uh, getting the 201 on them, if you want to dive deeper. StackyBedgments.com slash 201 for that. All right, that's going to do it for today, everybody. You are now ready to begin the second half of your week. Congratulations. We're all downhill from here, unless you're a weekend worker and then we're closing in on the starting line, which is also great. Uh, A lot of people to thank. Doug's going to do that in a second. But last but not least, if you're somebody who has Uh, wants to dream bigger in 2022 and beyond. OG and his team are working with new clients. So head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG, and that's where you will find their calendar to jump on and begin that process. All right, that's going to do it for today. Doug, what should we have learned today? Actually, hold on. I forgot one thing. We got a new contest, guys. We got a brand new contest for signups to the 201. And it's not for you to sign up. If you sign up, if you haven't signed up, you will get an entry for signing up. And we're going to automatically give everybody who has signed up for the 201 one entry. But we have a referral program for the 201. So if you know somebody who needs this newsletter that lately has been getting a lot of press about how great it is, yeah. you send three people our way, you get stickers, you send five people our way, you get more And actually, when you send three people our way, you know what happens too. You're in on a quarterly uh, podcast episode that we make just for this group of people in the 201. So our referral program, you can learn all about it at stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. However, we're going to now, just for the next month, OG, we're giving away a Sonos One speaker, which uh, each of us have one of those, uh, at least one. I have several. It's just a beautiful sound out of that. And we want to reward those people. You know what we're going to do? For five other people, give away our favorite board game about money, uh, Franklin's Fortune, which we had the designer of Franklin's Fortune on the show uh, on our annual board game episode on Black Friday. You can go back and listen to that, but we have a lot of fun playing that. We're going to give away five copies of that for second through six. So we'll be drawing that in a month stacking slash two Oh one Joe. And if if si- you,
2: if signups are a little slow for the two Oh one, it might be because you're waiting until an hour
0: into the show to prep, to, <laughs>
2: to, to, to <laughs> promo it. You think anybody's still listening? Well, listen, Let me
0: tell you this. This is what I don't like. I don't like people to talk about this stuff at the start because the people that are more likely to refer us are people that are hanging out with us here at the end. Oh, nice save. I I, yeah. I don't want a new listener to be like, really? I, I haven't even heard what you got yet. Why would I, why would I refer people to you? I think so, a
2: new listener would be awfully interested in a Sonos one.
0: Well, they, <laughs> Hey, this podcast I've never heard before and I'm just starting. I can get a say, well, why don't you Absolutely. go down this dark alley? Yes. I do think that. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. By the way, Brett, is our number one stacker tearing this thing up. You could be more like Brett. Brett's in the lead. We've barely talked about our referral program and Brett is stacker with some people on his, on his tail. But, uh, but Brett, you're helping your friends, man. All right, stackybenjamins.com slash 201 there. All right, that's going to finally, <laughs> now I'm
2: done, Doug. That was a nice short little promo. That was good, nice. Way to keep yeah, it really good. tight and concise.
0: Succinct, yes. succinct, yes. Brevity is my middle name. All right, Doug, what should we have learned today?
2: Well, Joe, first, feeling shame about your finances will only keep you from addressing them. Keep your head up and keep moving. Second, we've all made mistakes. In fact, OG has made each of them three times just for you to make sure you get it. I mean, that leather vest and fedora Joe's wearing right now is also a mistake, and nobody's even told him. But the big lesson... No matter how much you spend, don't expect your friends to appreciate it. Has anyone even thanked me for the diesel fuel scented cologne I've been wearing all show just to make this place smell better? No. Thanks to Jessie Firon for helping us out of the Debt Shame Swamp today. Her book, Getting Good With Money, is available everywhere you shouldn't be spending money. Yeah, unless it's on her book. Our show is written in part by our writer, Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential with her Powerhouse Writers Coaching Program, which starts today, January 19th at 7.30 Eastern Time, 4.30 Pacific. Find out if you can still get a spot at www.powerhousewriters.com. But that seems pretty early. 4.30 in the morning, Pacific Time?
1: Hmm
2: gonna be tough to get people to sign up for that i think oh pm oh i just got it i figured it out okay this show is the property of sb podcasts llc copyright 2022 and is created by joe sulci our producer is karen rapine the show is written by the brilliant paulette perhatch with help from joe and doc g from the earn and invest podcast After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives, written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now.
0: welcome to the after show. This is a part of the show that doesn't exist. We were talking about, uh, uh, in preparation for this, the different shows that we've been watching. And we talked in one fell swoop about a couple that I've been watching, which are Around the World in 80 Days and Boba Fett. Oh, gee, you haven't really been watching much.
3: Uh, no, we recorded all of the Yellowstones, but we haven't watched any of them yet.
0: But Doug, you and I, have both been watching some stuff from nordic countries you saw a a movie called trapped well it's not a movie it's a whole in fact there's two
2: seasons of it each season is based on a different crime 10 or you know 12 episodes a season and it's icelandic it's called trapped and uh it's beautiful to look at because it's in iceland and uh it's it's a little bit moody and slow, but uh, it's compelling. It really somehow keeps you watching. Uh, it's not fast-paced at all, but but it's structured well enough and written well enough that it really keeps you engaged. And in Iceland, and this is probably true of a lot of Nordic countries, they sort of flow back and forth between native language and English. And so it's, the subtitles are just sort of built in. You don't even have to turn it on on, your, on, on Amazon or on Netflix, but They'll flow back and forth, but I, I, we really like it. And so it's called Trapped. And I think there's a few of those out there now for our, from you know, different sort of serial crime dramas that are all being produced in the, that Nordic region. You, well, said, you saw a, one in,
0: yeah, I watched last night, episode one of a show called anxious people. And I'm not really sure what it's trying to be because on one hand, it's a robber on the loose. But there's kind of this uh, slapstick comedy thing going on between a father, son, who are the cops who are chasing them. And uh, so on one hand, it's a comedy. On the other hand, it's not. It's only 30 minutes long each episode, which which I thought it was going to be a straight up comedy. And it was more serious than I thought it was going to be. But it wasn't completely serious. So Like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah, but it's weird enough. That I'm very intrigued. And I got done, Cheryl and I both got done with the first episode and said, we're excited to watch the second one. There was also a holiday uh, series that was two seasons long. And I'm not going to get the name here. And I've been searching for it for a while, but it is from Norway.
2: Also a country known for their slapstick humor. Yeah.
0: And this is one of the best, if for people, you know, we're past the season, but man, when we were looking for a good uh, holiday theme series, and I wish I could get the name. I even went back through my Netflix, watch it again, Q, and I, I can't find it. But it's a story about a woman. She's tired of the fact that she, her family gives her hell about having a boyfriend at, at Christmas. So she just lies and says, yeah, I have a new boyfriend and I'm bringing him to Christmas dinner. And so then it's this uh, quest to get a boyfriend, which you can tell already where that leads. Mm-hmm. Good series. Wish I could remember the name if, of it. Isn't if that great? only
2: there was a thing you could do on your phone to find people to date.
0: Do you know, do you know what I'm looking for now? I'm looking for the next good uh, documentary. Mm. What a good business documentary. That's what I'm looking for. Have you watched the McDonald's one? Why can't I think of it? With uh, Michael Keaton? The yeah, that's but that's not a documentary. But that no, yeah. it's a
2: docudrama. I agree. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and then actually, the uh, one I is probably a year ago that I watched it. Uh, Goodness, it's about the. It's not really business, like how we built the business, but it's about the scam of the monopoly, uh, McDonald's monopoly game. That's a really good documentary. I haven't seen that one. O G, you're nodding your head. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I didn't. I didn't see it. That one's I really good. About, yeah. uh, why can't I come up with the name of it? But it's whatever, like, you know, six or seven episodes long. And the the famous uh, Monopoly game at McDonald's where you peel little pieces off your fries or yeah, your, your yeah. soda cup. Uh, it was all a scam, but they didn't know it. McDonald's had no idea that it was a scam. It was an inside job by the company. They subbed out the um, the production of the pieces to. That was really good.
0: I thought that, you know, people aren't going to think this is a business, Uh, documentary. But uh, Doug, you saw this, uh, Drive to Survive, the Formula One thing, I thought was phenomenal business against business. I would
2: agree. I think you can call that a business documentary in the same way that Moneyball is a business book. I mean, Michael Lewis set out to write a business book when he created Moneyball. And it just, there's so much context about baseball that, uh, you know, baseball fans read it that way. F1 or racing fans could watch Drive to Survive and think it's a racing documentary, but i I agree with you. I think that easily could be considered a business. You get more behind the scenes about how they're doing contracts with their drivers yes. and sponsorships and yeah. the management of the team as much as you get racing. In fact, the great thing is I wasn't an F one fan or even really a racing fan before watching that they edit the exciting parts of the race and compress it down to a couple of minutes. You get all the excitement of that. And then all the rest of it is the other stuff we just talked about.
0: And it really is just watching people perform at their job and, you know, behind the scenes that this guy's got a contract online or that, you know, there's something going on that's uh, worker against worker, you know, for, (laughs) and so the drama that they create, by the way, I I read that, and I don't know if it's the same company that's involved, but that has done so well that uh, IndyCar is getting one as well. I know NASCAR has something similar on a different platform, but- yeah, m- watch all the spinoffs now coming. Mm-hmm. All right, time for us, to for the sizzler, so Doug can let us buy him a beer for the 47th time. Yes. <sighs> yeah, no kidding.
2: Our show is written in part by our writer, Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential with her Powerhouse Writers Coaching Program, which starts today, January 19th, at 7.30 Eastern Time, 4.30 Pacific. Find out if you can still get a spot at www.powerhousewriters.com. Boy, that seems pretty early. 4.30 in the morning, Pacific time? Hmm. It's going to be tough to get people to sign up for that, I think. Oh, PM. Oh, I just got it. I figured it out. Okay. Do you need to redo that? No, I was just f***ing around. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you d- You thought I really didn't know? (laughs) Oh, my God. Was that why your hand was on your forehead the whole time I was saying that?
0: Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG. OG who spent time in the military and of course we know what a giver he is even when he pretends like he's being uh Mr. surly navy federal offers member only exclusive rates discounts and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals visit navyfederal.org/celebrate and you'll see all their military appreciation month offers and other navy federal offers they've got all kinds of resources on their site like Best cities after service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the military appreciation month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.